Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, I'm going to have the results of my six-month-long investigation into police recruiting trends across the country in the face of what I think are really unprecedented attacks against the profession of law enforcement. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Joining me once again is investigative producer Daniel Steinberger. And great to be with Great to be with you again. The genesis of this story was actually years in the making because when these events started happening with the controversies over police behavior and then the backlash against the police community, my husband, who I think you know used to be a police officer before he's a lawyer and a supervisor with a law enforcement agency, he said right away, wow, this is going to be bad for the communities because they're going to hurt the chance to recruit great people into the police force who wants to be a cop with this kind of environment. And at the time, I said that to a colleague, we should do a story and figure out what the police recruiting trends are. And the colleague said, oh, I think they'll get more recruits because of this. So we didn't really know what we would find. But finally, we got around to starting this investigation, I say six months ago, but really we talked about this maybe for the past year, didn't we? Yeah. And so which, why don't you tell them how we decided to go about, we couldn't call every law enforcement body in the country, but what, what yeah, we decided I mean, to do. What we decided to do is take a look at um, the 30 biggest cities, and we reached out to them. We got responses from a good number of them, not all of them, I would say a majority. Um, and we asked them a bunch of questions about um, what they're doing in terms of recruiting, what um, are they seeing, you know, people trying to become a police officer or... Sh- Part of the sheriff's department, um, uh, what else? Other questions like uh, have they well, changed their standards? You know, what for the trends of, are over right. time? So we, what we really wanted to know was: is it different today than it was six, seven, eight years ago? So we asked the ones who would give us the statistics, sort of for a comparison, and we did get some interesting numbers. But I'll overview, and then why don't we talk about a couple of the specific sure. departments? But the overview is not every department, but I would say a majority of them described difficulty of some kind in recruiting. And some of them had some pretty serious declines in numbers of people who apply. And they have had to take steps, we'll also talk about in a moment, to try to attract 
more recruits and to try to keep up the force. It's been a problem. And time and again, they said a contributing factor, they believe, is the negative view of police and the notion that, you know, some recruits say they would be afraid that they're going to be second-guessed the next day after making a snap decision in the heat of the moment, and they might not get the support of their leadership. So that's definitely um, having an impact. Yeah, and, and as part of our research, we also went um, to Frederick County, Maryland, and they, they were great. They, they allowed us into their sheriff's department, and we spent a day there, and we saw them as part of their recruiting process, what's involved to become a recruit, which I didn't even know. Um, I didn't either. It's it interesting. And, and so we were there for what they called an agility test. Um, I think that was, at some point, I think they had to answer questions before that. And this is round two where they have to go through the go through the rigors of, you know, of what could happen out there, in the, I guess. And some and, min- minimal physical right, standards. Do you remember? Let's, let's take a guess because I don't remember exactly. But how many push-ups? This is not for the academy. They'll have to do more at the police academy. But for this screening, how many push-ups did they have to do? I forget. I, I want to say... Like, 30 in a minute. Yeah, I mean, sit-ups, another 30 or 40 in a minute. I think they had to do more sit-ups than that in a minute. Yeah. And then they had to jump. I This surprised me. They had to jump high, but not really that high. And right. almost everybody could except one poor people. girl. Yeah. Did it, didn't it, someone else flunk out on that? No, I think that was it for that day. And yeah. they had to run. How far was that? A mile? A mile and a half or something like that in a certain like period of time. Minutes, yeah. yeah which I didn't think was that hard enough that I could do it. But, boy, they they look like they're in pretty good shape, some of them, and were huffing and puffing to try to keep up that speed. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely eye-opening to see um, one way that they weed people out, and that's the way they look at this. And we might mention Frederick County, where Daniel said they let us observe all of this. They say they do not have an issue with recruiting. This was sort of the counterpoint, because as a smaller sheriff's office with a sheriff who is known for supporting his staff... That's where people want to come and work. So that was an interesting aspect. Yeah, and we talked to somebody that, I guess his dad was a... It's Frederick County, Maryland is near Baltimore, the big city. Um, and his dad was a police officer in Baltimore. And yet he decided, you know what, I think I'd rather work in Frederick County. Um, and so he was applying for that job too. All right, why don't you go over the couple of... You know, we summarized for a story that you can watch on Full Measure Sunday which would be the 15th of March. You can watch it uh, live or a replay at fullmeasure.news. But I'm going to go ahead right now with Daniel and summarize a couple of the cases in point of what some of these large police agencies told us about their recruiting trends. Right. So what Cheryl said, most reported difficulty recruiting, particularly women and minorities. Um, We heard from California who told us they were short. San Jose. I'm sorry, San Jose, California, right, told us they were short 39 officers, and at one point, one police academy that should have had at least 50 recruits had just seven. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. So 50 recruits needed, and they had seven apply or seven in the class. Um, we talked to Nashville, Tennessee. They were sh- short at one point 114 officers. Um, San Diego, California also had issues. They said they were 175 below their target when we, re- when we reached out to them. Um, they had 539 fewer people taking the police uh, entrance exam in 2018 than two years before that. That sounds huge. 500 people yeah. fewer taking the entrance exam. And, you know, I would say a mid-sized city, San Diego, obviously. Then as well. El Paso, Texas, told us they were pretty vocal about this. 
that where they once received 1,500 applications, 1,500 the first week of recruitment, they now average about 100. And a spokesman there, we, you know, in our questions we asked why or what they think is the reason or if the recruits talk about it, a spokesman in El Paso said he blamed, quote, criticism, most of it unwarranted, the popularity of challenging officers by cell phone-wielding persons demanding a street trial, officers being ambushed and killed, videos of officers bearing the indignity of being doused with water and having to walk away for fear of repercussions for taking action. So that was one of the more extreme comments we got, but I know that sentiment is shared in some other agencies as well. Yeah, and we, another depart- actually another interesting thing, we had reached out to Seattle, and I guess for the first part of 2019, they were losing more officers than they were hiring. Um, but then they were able to turn it around um, at the end of the year. And I think at the end of it, they ended up hiring, uh, hiring a bunch more. Um, so that, yes. was, that was a positive thing that they did over the, you know, the last six months of 2019. Seattle's a special problem because they're known for clashing the, the police officials and the, the city officials there who do not necessarily support them, as, so the rumor goes. And I did an interview in promoting our program every week. I do interviews with some radio stations, and one of our radio stations in Seattle said this recruiting is still a big problem. He's been watching that, you know, for quite some time. So I don't think their troubles are over, but they are using, they gave us a list of the proactive ways they were trying to get ahead of this and did report some progress by the end of last year. Um, and the other interesting thing that in part of researching this, you know, we, we only surveyed um, 30 of the biggest cities, but there's the International um, Association of Chiefs of Police actually was also doing a survey as well. Um, and, and it came out just about the time we were finishing our research. That's right. And, and they talked to, I think, over five or 600 police departments and sheriff's departments, um, and they found similar things. Um, you know, the, both small and large uh, agencies had issues. 78% reporting having trouble finding qualified candidates. 75% saying recruiting is more difficult than five years ago. So, you know, they, they I, so I think between our research and their study, um, it certainly opened my eyes to a lot, you know, to what's going on right now in terms of police recruiting for sure. So I think just a little bit about the research we did. It's not easy to get this information. It takes time. Not that the departments don't necessarily want to give it, but they're very busy and they get asked a lot of questions. Sometimes you have to pursue them and press them and ask them and pressure them to provide the information, which I argue is public in nature because obviously they are paid by the community to do the job. The figures they collect, the status of their recruiting, that's all stuff you you have a right to know. And I wanted to mention how disappointing it was when we reached out to Jacksonville, Florida, I'm from Florida. I've dealt with a lot of police agencies there. Jacksonville would not give it up, like any information. Not only that, they were weirdly hostile about it when we finally pinned them down to even reach them because they wouldn't answer our emails and questions. We never got the information from them, and I'm not sure why they viewed our questions, unlike most of the other departments, as some sort of, I don't know, treated it like an attack or accusation, and we explained to them what we were doing. And so Jacksonville, if you're from that area, your folks didn't participate and would not participate in this. And yes, we could try to go to court and get the information and sue for it, but we felt we had a good enough picture from the other agencies around the country. We didn't do that. But that's just to say it's not always easy to get the information for these kinds of stories, and we're lucky that we had enough 
you know, time we could spend while researching other stories to, to pursue all of this. Yeah, and so as part of the other thing that we learned as part of our research is that to address the crisis, um, many of these departments are adjusting their policies to try to recruit more people. Um, some departments have allowed tattoos, um, some kind of history of marijuana use. I don't think it's active, but they may scale back, like if you've had marijuana use in the last year or six months as opposed to the last year or whatever whatever the example is. Um, they've lo- sort of lowered some of those standards. They've lowered formal college requirements um, in some departments to try to recruit more recruits. Um, and then we heard from some specific departments. I mean, that was kind of the overarching those were some of the overarching themes. San Francisco told us they started allowing remote testing and interviews. Dallas and San Diego, they've increased their pay to try to recruit people. Um, Indianapolis recently hiked their salaries for first-year recruits, and they've offered referral bonuses. Let's to give people. that figure because that's pretty good money, especially yeah. for kids coming out of college today that can't get a job in their career of choice. What um, Tell them what the first-year recruits were getting and what they've hiked it to in Indianapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis, they, uh, they were at $39,446 a year, and they hiked it um, to 51000 So that's obviously more than $10,000 a year just to try to re- uh, recruit people. Um, and Seattle also, you mentioned Seattle earlier, they were giving bonuses for first-year recruits of $7,500 and $15,000 bonuses for people, for people that were transferring into that department. Transfers used to be a, a problem. I used to talk about this with my husband. He wanted experienced people working for him and his law enforcement agency, but a lot of times police who transfer to a different city have to kind of just start over, which is a problem. Well, now some of these agencies, like Daniel said, have changed their policy. They're allowing lateral transfers. Someone who comes from another department with experience doesn't have to start over. They can start with a better salary and then even get a bonus for that in some cases. Yeah, and and as we kind of followed um, in Frederick County, we followed, um, I think we were there for the day, and we followed, um, I think, five or six recruits that were really pushing hard to try to make it. Um, Wait, let's let's set up the story about Crystal. So there was one recruit named Crystal, an African-American woman, and by the way, the recruiting trends show that women and minorities, I think as Daniel mentioned, are a particular challenge to try to get those on the force. Well, Crystal had tested before, according to the chief, and I think not past one small facet, maybe the push-ups of the physical test. So when we were there, she was going through the screening test again, and we later learned... We later learned that she made it. Yay. So, you know, we just learned that. And they and the sheriff told us um, that this is at the, the class that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I think it was a couple of days worth we saw one day, that they actually did pretty well. They hired seven of those candidates. So he told us that they um, that was a very productive hiring process for them that day, and and he was really rooting for Crystal, which I thought was kind of nice. He he had seen her fail previously. Didn't her husband um, already work on the force or something? Yeah, her or husband I think worked in the jail. Um, and and the nice thing about her was she had a great attitude about it. She really, I think she really we could see we could see that she was pushing herself, pushing um, you know to try to speed up her running. I think that was some of the other issues. Um, and so, and, and, and she did well that day and she, and she continued through the process and she made it. So go crystal. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know. I hope you guys think this is as interesting as we did, as we got the numbers. I love starting out to research a story without knowing exactly what we're going to find and then just 
let the story tell itself when you find the answer to the question. So the big answer, yes, there are recruiting issues, but the departments across the country are trying to find novel ways to address this. So again, thanks, Daniel. Great to be, great to be with you as it's always. It's been a fun six months to a year of looking into this story and updating yeah. each other on it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, leave a comment, like it, share it with your friends, and consider subscribing to the Cheryl Atkinson podcast and Full Measure After Hours. Those are two of my podcasts. You can listen to them on iTunes or your favorite distributor, or visit CherylAckeson.com and just look at the podcast tab. You can listen to them right there. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Thanks for listening.